Hey, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Patriot Radio News Hour. Actually, the same old Lang Syne edition, the last show on this 31st day of December 2019, the year of our Lord, New Year's Eve. And this show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. They offer legal, lawful, constitutional tender, gold and silver. Gold's up 20% for the year. The silver markets are running. Inflation is running rampant. It's time to take the time to protect yourself and your family. Call one 800 951 Or you can head out 24-7, 365, yes, even during the holidays, at allamericangold.com, updated daily with prices, news to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. I'm Eric Cedarstrom, uh, spokesman, uh, talk show host, and president general manager of 1360KHNC.com, broadcasting live on KXXT 1010 from the Cedarstromgroup.com studios. Beautiful day, uh, final day of 2019. We have uh, on the line with us, who's uh, been ho- co-hosting and hosting the show for Joe, uh, Glenn Biddle. He's broadcasting uh, from his bunker in Maryland, a customer, a great patriot, and a principal at Patriot Trading Group on a beautiful day. I think, Glenn, I think it's actually warmer in Maryland than it is in Phoenix today. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. It was 68 degrees yesterday. It was actually balmy. If if it had been sunny all day, I would have gone out back with the shirt off and gotten suntan on the low low sun in December, but I would have tried it anyway. Uh, Another day today is going to be in the 50s, so we're we're, we're not going to knock that weather. It's perfect. Perfect. So it was cold enough this morning. I went out and knocked some ducks and geese down to start off the uh, the day, and uh, we'll probably go out again this afternoon and try to go after some more ducks. We got our limited geese, so we're done for the day on them. But always a good time. How long does uh, that geese season run up there? This year they've cut back our goose season because the apparently the population of geese is down on the eastern seaboard. But uh, that video I sent you of all those geese flying around, it sure doesn't seem like we have a shortage of geese this year. They're everywhere. And they're, they're on every golf course. They're on everybody's lawn. They're everywhere. And, of course, you know, they let you know they've been there because they leave these nice little green piles of, of you know what. And uh, you don't want to step into that stuff. It's a mess. Aren't they supposed to go south for the winter? Aren't they supposed to be in Florida? I mean, we have them out here all over the golf courses in the winter. You see the honkers heading south, and uh, then eventually when it gets to about 95, you see them heading north. So, <laughs> I think if the far, farther south they get is probably maybe North Carolina, uh, but, but yeah, they don't, they don't go much farther than that. And a lot of them stay around now. A lot of them are resident geese. They just hang out all year. They're the huge ones. They're so fat, they're so hard to fly because they just sit around and eat all day. I guess they're on welfare, kind of. Yep. <laughs> yeah, those are those are the liberal geese. They don't work. They got nothing to do, so they just hang out at the park and wait to be fed. So, anyway, yeah, that- it's a great day to be alive this uh, final year. You've been doing the show. I've been listening, Glenn. You do a great job. Uh, you know, you're on top of this uh, the uh, socioeconomic destruction, and it's nice to have. Your point of view, you know, I I have to be honest. I've never been to Maryland. I've never been that far east in this country, and I love listening to your shows and and what's happening over there because, you know, like it or not, uh, Maryland, New York, Virginia, I mean, you know, anything that happens there affects us out here in Arizona, and there's a lot going on in there. 
It sure is. I mean, I'm about 45 minutes from Baltimore, which is has the homicide record for the year, which nothing to be proud of. You know, everybody's excited about the Ravens with all these records they're setting. And I love to go on their, their post and say, yeah, and how about that homicide record that's been set? Oh, but don't worry, the Ravens are winning. And, and I just like to inject that little thought there because Baltimore is a mess. It's an absolute mess. Uh, it, you know, the rats are everywhere. That was Elijah Cummings district. Uh, that that Trump got into it with him about. And the funny thing is about that district is if you just go outside of the Beltway, you've got multi-million dollar homes that are also in this district. It was just the, the squalor in inside Baltimore that everybody focused on. But he would never go out to that part of this of his district because he knew they would never vote for him. He was always concentrating on the the people that he had hoodwinked into voting for him all the time that lived in terrible conditions. And that just shows you what happens in these democrat controlled cities where the votes are you're guaranteed to get these votes and it's just, it's it's insane how this is happening in our cities maybe someday these people will wake up i'm not sure but it's going to take a lot i mean it might take the next crash to wake them up but then who knows what do you think about that well you know you're in the uh you're in the mecca of you know big government let's face it a lot i would wager to say a lot of those big homes that are on the outskirts of Baltimore got a government contract somewhere uh, attached to them, you know, whether either they're a contractor or, uh, you know, a myriad of ways. I mean, when you get over to D.C., you look over at D.C., I mean, look at the money that's over there. And all that is because it's the center where all the taxpayer money runs into. So, you know, I guess where you stand on a situation has a lot to do with where you sit. And uh, out here in the West, I mean, you know, from the first thing I noticed a government when I was a kid was a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. Working in a sawmill up in Montana on I-90 was the stupidest thing I ever saw in my life. So, But uh, nevertheless, that's we have to live with the laws that they make, and they, uh, let's face it, for the most part, they have uh, anal cranial inversion problem, don't you think? So uh, They sure do. I don't think the Land Rover dealerships are suffering at all around uh, D.C., you know, the, the, the lobbyists are buying cars right and left. I, mean, I think that, what was it, The you guys covered this a week ago, maybe. The top zip codes with the most wealth are all around D.C. in the country. I mean, that, I mean, because there's just so much largesse there in around D.C. That's where the money is. And, the, you know, why you're not going to rock the boat if the, the, if the government spigot is running. You're going to take it. And that's what a lot of these people are doing. Glenn Tate was talking about this yesterday, how the uh, liberal affluent people are living in northern Virginia, and they were able to capture that state, turned it blue. It was purple, and then it went blue. So there we are. All right. So uh, when we come back, we've got uh, we're going to look at money creation and how that works. Just a, a little reminder on how that works. And uh, thanks for joining us on the last day of 2019. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Patriot Radio News Hour. Our co-host today, Eric Cedarstrom, and yours truly, Glenn Biddle from the right coast. Now, I live in a blue state, but I live in a red portion of this blue state. Uh, we we have 26 counties, and uh, 20 of them probably are, are red, deep red, and the other six are deep blue. And But I, unfortunately, that's where all the population is, so they kind of dictate what happens here. Uh, Eric, uh, did you see where there was a... Uh, uh, a wind turbine up in the Bronx and uh, the wind got too high for it and it broke off and smashed and destroyed a car and uh, landed in a parking lot. And uh, all the, apparently all the politicians rushed over to, uh, to see this and uh, where AOC was not to be found. I wonder why Eric, you with us? Okay. So uh, uh, Ramon, can you go ahead and play cut one, please? Money creation. 
Described by many as the biggest scam in the history of mankind, for others, it's a blessing and a driving force of the economy. For John Maynard Keynes, it was a process that, quote, engages all the hidden forces of economic law on the side of destruction and does it in a manner which not one man in a million is able to diagnose. We hope that after seeing this video, you will be this one man in a million. Let's look at the case of U.S. dollar creation, as it is a global reserve currency. Many people don't realize that any dollar spent by the government sooner or later, one way or another, will be taken from the taxpayers' pockets. The government can finance new spending in several ways. Raising taxes is one way to do it, though this method is unpopular. Another option is to cut spending in some sectors, but this can provoke dissatisfaction or even social unrest for the groups cut off from the money faucet. However, there is another option. The government may increase the budget deficit and thus finance current expenditures at the cost of increasing debt. The U.S. Treasury can issue securities like government bonds. Simply put, a bond is a promise to repay a certain amount of money with interest after a certain date. It constitutes a debt obligation. The government bonds are sold to financial institutions at auction. By itself, issuing bonds doesn't necessarily lead to money creation. Bonds can be bought by private individuals with previously saved money. However, some bonds are bought by means of open market operations by the Federal Reserve, which is the U.S. Central Bank. The process goes as follows. The Fed buys bonds from a commercial bank by issuing a check in its own name. There are no savings in the Fed's account. The Fed reports bonds on the asset side of the accounting equation, and on the liabilities side, the Fed reports new money equal to the value of the check. When the check is received by a bank which is selling the bonds, the check simply becomes new money in circulation. Complicated? Well, let's try to simplify our story here. Let's just skip the intermediary, the financial institutions. The government issues bonds and then sells them to the central bank who buys them with newly created money or, in other words, the check for the government debt. What we now call money, or more precisely the monetary base, is created by the fact that the two institutions exchanged paper or digital records. Each asset purchased by the Fed increases the monetary base. Government bonds are interest-bearing, so it is necessary to pay interest on each bond issued. This is called debt service. In order to pay for an existing bond, the government usually just issues some new bonds. This doesn't seem to be reasonable at all, does it? Imagine if you borrowed some money and spent it all at once. Now suppose that you took another loan to pay off the previous debt, even though you were still paying interest. This is called rolling over debt. Although the face value of the loan is never repaid, the periodic interest is. This procedure is listed among other budgetary items as the cost of servicing debt. These costs are incurred regardless of whether the money is created or not. When the citizens buy bonds from the government for their savings, the interest on the debt is still paid. At the same time, the Fed gives earnings from interest to the government. Thus, it is cheaper for the state to borrow through monetization of the debt, rather than to simply sell bonds. It is important to understand that in this way, the debt becomes a burden for everybody, and for years to come, regardless of whether the debt was incurred involving money creation or not. Debt equals borrowing from future prosperity. Money creation exacerbates this problem further by reducing the purchasing power of money holders and by allowing for a greater debt than would be possible otherwise. However, 
The monetary base is only one narrow measure of money. Let's see what happens next. The government still spends money on things like the military, pensions, social programs, and many other things. So the money is eventually received by the public one way or another. This money is then deposited by the public in commercial banks. As you already know from the previous video about fractional reserve banking, in a process of lending to the public, the commercial banks can in turn create even more money based on the newly deposited funds. About 95% of the U.S. money supply is created precisely in this way, rather than being issued directly by the government. If you watched our video about inflation, you probably already know the effects of money creation. Each new dollar reduces the purchasing power of every dollar in existence. This is why inflation is sometimes referred to as a hidden tax. Not many people understand this phenomenon. Most of us just feel that each year we can buy less and less for the same amount of money. But it is easier for some to put blame on the greed of entrepreneurs who raise the prices. To sum up, each newly created dollar causes the purchasing power of all other dollars to decrease. As a result of this process, the dollar's inflation is also exported abroad due to its global position as both reserve currency and a unit of account. You may have noticed that throughout this entire process, the newly created money is based on debt. When the Fed increases the monetary base, the public debt also increases. And granting a loan by any of the commercial banks necessitates an act of fiduciary media creation. The money thus created ceases to exist once the debt is repaid. Without further borrowing, the repayment of the debt would have resulted in a strong monetary deflation. Economics professor Robert Murphy once said, If people in the private sector ever paid off all of their debts and the federal government paid off all of its bondholders, then the supply of U.S. dollars would be virtually extinguished. In spite of this fact, the money is not the same as debt. The bonds and loans are. Perceiving money as debt is a rather popular misconception. Inflationary policy not only reduces the purchasing power of money, but it also leads to clusters of malinvestments, as we have already seen in our video entitled Austrian Business Cycle Theory. For this reason, many Austrian economists oppose this kind of monetary policy, and they even consider the very existence of central banks as detrimental to both society and economy. Federal Reserve is, is increasing the uh, inflation rate 2% every year. It's destroying us. Uh, it's destroying your money. So if, if after if five years, your money's been devalued by 10%, and the more they print, the less the money is worth. It's not that you go to buy bacon at the store, and you walk in, and you know, three years ago, it used to be $3 a pound, and now it's $5 a pound. But you know, it's not that the bacon's gotten any better. It's that it takes more of your Federal Reserve notes, or as Brian from KHNC likes to call them, fraudulent reserve notes, takes more of them to actually buy that bacon. Uh, the same thing with gold. The gold hasn't gotten any better. Well, I think it has, but but it just takes more of your money to buy it. So, Eric, what do you think about all this? What do you think? Isn't that a great illustration of, of money creation? Go ahead. Ramon, have we lost Eric? He appears to still be connected, just not quite sure what's going on. Okay. Well, well I'll just go ahead and take on. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, that was an awesome video. It's a video you can get on YouTube. It's called Money Creation. And uh, so I wanted to play that for you today because it's, it's just essential to see what's happening. The Federal Reserve is destroying the value of your money. It is just killing us. So we, we just we can't go for it. And you notice what, one thing it says. We're going to pay off. Basically, you're paying off a credit card with another credit card. Well, that, that's very damaging. 
very damaging to their country because it's, think about it. When you look at the national debt clock, the debt is $23 trillion. That's the That's the cumulative uh, debt that we get every year, the deficit, and all that adds up to where we are with $23 trillion. But the big thing is the unfunded mandates, and that is a big problem. Uh, the unfunded mandates are about $123 trillion, and that's pretty much anything that the government's written a check for or has to write a check for. So you have Medicare liabilities, you have Social Security liabilities, anything else that's out there that, that they have to deal with. Now, unfortunately, for state and local governments, they don't have the power of a Federal Reserve or a printing press to keep their cities and states going at some point they are going to default and it's just a matter of time when they do this and it's going to be a mess the federal government uh well a lot of people would say they defaulted in 1971 when nixon took us off the gold standard you know uncoupled gold and it was a complete mess you know it, it pretty much destroyed us as you know and link actually lincoln uh nixon said this is just a temporary measure and Really? Are we are we going to come back from that? Because apparently we're not. And the federal government needs the dollar to be used worldwide. And when you see the de-dollarization taking place, that is a huge problem because if countries decide not to use our dollar, then that's going to hurt us also. You'll, you know, Think about uh, Libya. Uh, Muammar Gaddafi wanted to have the gold dinar. He was going to have, make his own currency and have it gold backed. And he was going to deal with it that way. And what did we do? We went in there and we overthrew him. Saddam Hussein wanted to sell his gold for euros. We had to go in there and take him out. Okay, so anybody that doesn't want to play ball and use the U.S. dollar, the dollar hegemony, uh, they they get an, end up a seat on the bad boy bus, and they they have a big problem. So that is a huge problem in the United States, as uh, far as if people are going to use our dollar or not. And I wanted to play that clip for you today, so you can see the the money creation. And then you get into fractional reserve banking where the banks just create money. When you deposit money, they can loan it out over and over again on just a short, a very minuscule amount of money that they have on hand. And that's another problem because you have this, this huge cascading effect of debt and huge cascading effect of money creation. And whenever you create more money, it lowers the value of money. Think, go back to the Weimar Republic. They were sweeping the money down the streets because it had little or no value. You would go in to get a cup of coffee, and by the time you finished your cup of coffee, the inflation was so bad, it cost you, you know, more than when you walked in at the first place. You take your first sip of coffee, it might be uh, you know $1,000, and then by the time you finished your cup of coffee, it's $2,000. And how are you going to pay for that? that that's just an unfortunate mess to be in. But it seems like that's the, the, the bailiwick we are in right now. The, the, the president wants the, the rates lowered. And it, why would you lower rates in a good economy? That doesn't make any sense. If the economy is as strong as everyone says it is, uh, the government says it is, you would be checking inflation. You would probably want to raise rates to curb inflation, to check inflation. Uh, and, and we all know that when the government releases a CPI, they're not taking into account food costs and transportation costs. You're not getting an accurate measure of what the inflation rate actually is. If you go on John Williams' Shadow Stats website, you actually get a true picture. So you can almost double or triple whatever the government says is something. So the unemployment rate, if they're saying it's 3%, probably 9%. If they're saying the unemployment rate, or the inflation rates, 2%, probably 6%. So if you trust the government's numbers, well, that's on you. But if you don't trust the government's numbers, like probably most people in this listening audience are, that's probably a good thing to, to kind of keep your head on a swivel, as they say, and kind of notice what's going on. Because this is an absolute mess 
in this country with the with the with the far as the dollar goes. Uh, look at China. China. Whenever China needs to do something, they devalue the yuan. Why why do they do that? Well, they're just doing it to be more competitive. And and they, everybody can't lower the the race to zero is a problem because what fiat currency has not gone to zero? They all eventually do. Gold has never gone to zero. And that's what the reason why it's a store of value. It's something that, that you can touch. It's something you can hold. It, it is a hedge against inflation. Uh, as Eric was saying earlier today, and, you know, the gold's up 20% this year. That, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, the stock market's up. There's no doubt about that. But think about why is the stock market up? The, the injection of cash into this market by the Fed is what's fueling this market. So that's where we are. All right, it's halftime on a Friday. When we get right back, maybe we'll get Eric back on the line. We'll see where he, what happened to him. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Imagine there was an organization claiming to be unbiased, but the organization released public statements against gun rights and religious freedom and capital punishment and national sovereignty and even against traditional marriage. There's no way anyone would believe the organization is truly unbiased. Now imagine that group received special treatment and exclusive access to confidential information by almost every presidency since Dwight Eisenhower. America would be outraged, and rightly so. The group I'm talking about is the American Bar Association. The nation's largest association of lawyers received special early access to judicial nominations for years so they could review the nominees and provide their supposedly unbiased recommendations. President Trump ended the practice in 2017 when he saw through this hoax. The ABA has released resolutions favoring liberal positions on just about every issue under the sun. They really must be lawyers, because I don't see how anyone else could actually call themselves unbiased with a straight face. That's why Reagan, H.W. Bush, Bush Jr., and Trump have all ignored ABA not-qualified ratings when it comes to making their judicial nominations. Of course, the American Bar Association is free to turn themselves into a political interest group if that's what they want. They can pass all the liberal resolutions they want, for all I care. The only problem most people have with them is that the ABA acts like they should get some kind of special treatment because they call themselves nonpartisan, even though it's clearly not the truth. As of now, the ABA's review of Trump's over 200 judicial nominations has yielded nine not qualified ratings. Yet some of those recommendations are being confirmed without opposition. Others aren't getting any more opposition than the obstructionist Democrats give to just about everything Trump does. All in all, the ABA made themselves obsolete in the judicial confirmation process by being so biased. President Trump was right to take away the special privileges enjoyed by the ABA. We need our senators to continue to carefully review the candidates for the federal judiciary. They shouldn't outsource this job to a liberal special interest group. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin. The book, Phyllis Schlafly Speaks, reflects Phyllis at her best. With powerful words that deliver truth, bring clarity to controversial issues, and inspire action. For your free copy of Phyllis Schlafly Speaks, for radio listeners only, look for the link at phyllisschlafly.com or call 314-721-1213. 
Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. And welcome back to the Patriot Radio News Hour. This is your substitute teacher, Glenn Biddle, sitting in today. Eric, are you back with us? Well, I think so. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. You don't have a drone flying overhead, do you, right now? You're not, you're not on, the, on the target list. We might well, want to check. I got to tell you now that uh, the dog's the liberal alert system was going off, and then my mic went dead. So, yeah, somebody, somebody doesn't want to get us out there. But I think... I think we've muddled through it and got it worked out. So glad right. to be back. Good, good, good. So uh, uh, when we that last segment, we was talked about money creation and how how you know the the whole incestuous relationship between the the banks and the Treasury Department and the Fed and how money's created. You know how it, it's in one pocket, then it's in the other pocket. It's on this account, then that account. And and the problem is, whenever they create money, the more money you create the less value the money has. And I, I told the story about when you, in, in Germany, Weimar Republic, Germany, when you went into the coffee store, get a cup of coffee, by the time you came out, it was like $2,000 more by the time you finished your coffee because of the runaway inflation. And what, what an absolute mess. And you know, what's rule number 11 of, of Monopoly? The bank never runs out of money. Well, I guess if you can keep printing money, you'll never run out of it. It's just, will the people actually accept it for what it's actually worth or will it, have be have such devalued uh, nature that they're using it for wallpaper they're throwing it into their furnace what do you think about that eric well in the waymar republic yeah they they quit counting it they started weighing it you know and the horrific stories of wheelbarrows full of money that um you, if you left the wheelbarrow outside full of money they'd leave the money and steal the wheelbarrow so yeah and in true true hyperinflation you know harry figgy he was the uh author of Bankruptcy 1995 and former chairman of Rawlings Sporting Good, actually wrote a book, How to Survive and Run a Business in a Hyperinflated Economy. And you need to have, uh, well, things that are real and things that are tangible when people lose uh, faith in the, in the current monetary system. And here in America, the Federal Reserve note, you know, it's under attack. All currencies are under attack when you look at the cyber currencies and Bitcoin and what's happening in the world. And you look at the uh, Russian National Wealth Fund that uh, you had sent me that article. And, man, I'll tell you, I've been studying. And if you look, they made an announcement that, you know, they've got pensions. Russia's got pensions. These countries got pensions. Here in America, the pension system, and, I mean, they're just struggling for returns. And, uh, and it's just not out there. You can't put money in a bank anymore. You can't even give it to the governments anymore because there are countries that are heading into negative interest rates. So if you're running a pension or if you're a wealth fund or or in Russian's case, their national wealth fund, they were accumulating revenue from oil, oil exports or petrol dollars. And now, and they made this announcement December 1st, that they're going to take a portion of those petrodollars and convert it into a Soviet gold national wealth fund. Something that's unheard of here in America. It'd be like the U.S. Treasury going, well, you know all those gold coins that we made and minted and, and that are out there in the public's hands? We want them back. 
we want 20% of them back because we're going to start a national pension wealth fund for the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp. This is how much of a dynamic move this is, and it's off the charts. Gold Gold's up $50, $60 since that announcement. So now you've got these pensions, and Arizona is a fine example. The Arizona public pension system, they don't know where to put their money. And they're just like everybody else. So now you've got $11 trillion of pension funds that don't know where to put it because there's literally none or actually going negative into U.S. treasuries and and the rest of the government bonds around the world. So this is getting a little scary. So what they've decided to do, and this is, again, uh, this is a massive uh, Arizona state retirement system. They invent Now they're investing their money into private debt. And what that means is because they can't get any money, they can't get any rate of return through a a 10-year U.S. Treasury, it's minuscule after taxes, it's probably negative already, that they're loaning the money to companies. So now you've got public retirement systems loaning money into what they call the private credit system. And this is how, because the banks, they're, they're, they're doing the same thing that U.S. Bank's supposed to be doing, that Chase Bank's supposed to be doing, or Wells Fargo. But they're stepping in front of them. These are pension funds. This is the very same thing that Jimmy Hoffa did. They're stepping in front of the banks and they're loaning money into private industry with public pension fund money. This is a disaster waiting to happen. You can't have banks uh, acting like insurance companies and insurance companies and pension funds acting like banks. It's a disaster, Glenn, and, and when this pops, there won't be any way to put the genie back in the bottle. Well, you're absolutely correct. Didn't Texas create its own gold depository to back up its pension system? I think I remember reading something about that. Isn't that true? Well, none of this, the difference between the Soviets, Soviets want physical gold. The Texas is paper gold. And paper gold means something that's traded on the COMEX or traded on one of the futures markets throughout the world. Now, they're supposed to have it. They're supposed to have a portion of the U.S. futures contracts are supposed to be in a vault in New York. And if you remember the 9-11 debacle, the tragedy for this country, you know, where Ilhan Omar said some people did something. Well, when the Arabs flew the planes into the buildings, at the bottom of, of the World Trade Centers were the gold storage vaults for the New York comics. Now, miraculously, somehow within 48 hours, they got the gold out of there. They made a public statement. Yes, we've received the gold from the vaults below the World Trade Center, which there was no way they were getting in there, which just shows me that there wasn't any gold at all. So you've got all these futures contracts trading gold that doesn't exist and Ultimately, when you get these countries like China and Russia now starting sovereign wealth funds where they want to put it into the physical metal itself, this could trigger a, a run of epic proportions because there just isn't enough of it. I mean, you know, how much gold's come out of the ground since 1933 compared to how much paper and electronic credits have been, uh, you know, minted, printed, or literally cybered out of thin air? And I mean, the numbers are staggering. If you tried to back the U.S. economy with 1% gold, you'd probably 1% gold backing for the U.S. Federal Reserve note in Fort Knox. Physical gold, a 1% backing probably puts gold about 65000 an ounce. Glenn? Well, well can, can, you, can you blame China and Russia for what they're doing after you've had this, this just mess on Wall Street where they think of all these words, credit default swaps, tranches, you know, all these different shenanigans that wall street has pulled 
to to short term make money and to to game the system. It's like a game of musical chairs, you know, a hot potato. You're going to keep pushing these these mortgage backed securities down the road to the next unsuspecting buyer until until it runs out, until the people can't pay their mortgages. And then who gets left with it? Well, too bad. And if you invested in these funds, you're in you're in deep trouble. And why not go with something that you know is secure, you know is safe? And ladies and gentlemen, you can do this yourself. You can buy physical gold, physical silver, and use it as a hedge against inflation. Use it as security. Uh, here's, here's what you need to think. Is that government dollar going to be worth more in five years or is it going to be less worth less in five years? Gold and silver should be. There's no reason why it shouldn't. So you probably need to go in that direction. So when we come back, we'll talk more about this. We'll get some more uh, topics of the day. Glad to have you back, Eric. We'll be right back. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome back to the Patriot Radio News Hour. This is your substitute teacher, Glenn Biddle, sitting in with Eric Cedarstrom, one of the old timers on KXXT, and he is the head honcho up at K or uh, KHNC now up in Denver, uh, Johnstown, Colorado. We're so excited, uh, Eric. Uh, think about this. The average U.S. family can't afford a home in 71% of the country. That is staggering that, 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 that it's even a statistic. I mean, what's happened to home ownership in the United States? Tell me, answer that question, can you? Well, if you notice where they're at, too, you look, uh, it's California, New York, D.C., where all the spendy stuff is, a lot of government money and handouts going on. But the uh, real estate dollar, the inflation, running in this country. And, you know, I've been all over that. The uh, NAFTA and GATT, which decimated America, which took American jobs and moved them offshore. The Wall Street lobbyists, it was our idea. It wasn't China's idea. It wasn't Mexico or India. It was the American Wall Street lobbyists that got rid of the American jobs, able to depress American pay, open the borders, let anybody in here who wants to come who will work for pennies on the dollar. And it's They're just destroying this country. But again, depending on your level of conspiratorial thinking, this is part of the ultimate master plan. But to to be unable to buy a house, the average average age of a home buyer today, I hope you guys are sitting down. If you're driving, I'll give you a minute to pull over for a minute. I want you to think about this number. 47 years old. I mean, this is just... When you know, just let that sink in for a minute. Remember when we were in our twenties? You people are out there. Listen, we were in our twenties. We tried to buy houses. You know, we had already been out of the house for years. You know, and didn't live in our parents' basement until we were in our thirties. People went to war, were drafted, Vietnam. All you people listening. I mean, you know, it's crazy what's happened. So, so we've got this entire generation that doesn't want to own homes, doesn't want to be responsible, wants the government to hand them everything. The debt clocks are ticking on this New Year's Eve. The time bombs are ticking everywhere. Look at what's happening in uh, the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. Take a good look at that video footage. Take a really good look at it because it didn't look like what it looked like uh, 10 years ago. There's not a single turban, nothing. These are These are millennials uh, in the, the Arab millennials that have nothing to do. They've got baseball hats on, they've got cell phones, and they're rioting. You look at that. It's not turbans. It's not people with beards, and they're not yelling Ayatollah. They're yelling death to America. So you've got real issues lining up here. 
um, that we're all going to have to deal with. And we've got our own problems here in America. you got an entire generation, and it's worldwide. It's not just here that, that, that really have no opportunity. They don't know what to do. The, the cyber economy has eaten them alive. They've played video games their whole life, and their parents have subsidized it. And now they're coming of age, and they realize they are not qualified to do anything. And ultimately, the civil wars are shaping up, not just here, but worldwide. And I got to tell you that we're all going to see it. We're going to see the ramifications of this. And when it comes full circle, ladies and gentlemen, I can only hypothesize what the other end is going to look like. But uh, it's not going to look anything like it used to in my in my head. What do you think, Glenn? Well, it, it, I did the story the other day. The average credit score of millennial is 650. <laughs> what kind, think of the interest rate you're going to have to pay at, at a, on a 650 credit score on, on a mortgage on a car? I mean, look at look at the uh, the the loan uh, on a on a car now. You can go out to eight years, 96 months on a car. I mean, a car is going to fall apart long before that you have it paid off. So I mean, they were just setting these kids up for debt that they cannot repay. They're starting off with these high high uh, credit or high college. Uh, loans that they have to pay back i mean they're right off the bat the the game is is already set up against them it's no wonder they're mad i i don't blame them but we've also allowed this to happen wall street's allowed this to happen just so they get that quarterly profit and say hey look at these numbers you know and and get their bonus so they can go buy that land rover that that broker you know i mean i i would love to be a car dealer around dc right now or up in new york because when the when the bonus checks come out Everybody's going, you know, they're, they're making a mint. How, how can these people afford these high dollar homes in those zip codes you were talking about, Eric? Exactly right. Um, and, it, and then I, while we're talking about automobiles, uh, the European auto industry is racing to ditch diesel. Can you believe this? VW, BMW, Mercedes, they had some of the best diesel cars that, ever, that were ever made before all this pollution crap was put on them. And now I guess they're all switching to EVs, which we all know. You talked about it the other day about the, the cobalt and, and the lithium and all these things that, that these kids in, in these third world countries have to dig up. You know, it's, it's almost it's worse than blood diamonds now so it, to, to build these electronic or electric vehicles. And when they catch on fire, they just don't stop catching on fire. They burn three or four times before it's all said and done. I mean, the world is a powder keg and you're right. It, it's a mess. I mean, but what do you think about diesel? I mean, Europe was diesel. That's that's what you did in, in Europe was diesel. And everybody that could get a car here in the United States that had a diesel car, a truck, they would last forever. What do you think about that, Eric? Well, when they first came out, diesel was cheaper than gas, and then they they caught on so good that you know the government figured out they could tax diesel, which ended up hammering the truckers as well and making everything more expensive in the grocery stores. But to 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 abandon diesel uh, in Europe, and let's face it, Europe, you know they're they're a, they're a microcosm of California, so you can, they all pretty much follow uh, lockstep with each other is ridiculous. The the EV thing is ridiculous. It's unproven technology. and um, But ultimately, when you look here, look at what's happening here in America. General Motors announced for halfway through 2020, so probably about three or four or five months, they're, they're making diesel Suburbans, Tahoes, and Cadillac Escalades. So maybe we don't get it here. I don't know. So, you know, I know they're going to build a big electric line of cars, but... Uh, America's sticking with diesel, so Glenn, I don't know. You figure it out. 
Well, what's the percentage of the of the of the efficiency of an engine that goes towards all the pollution control? It's like at least thirty percent, I think, on a diesel. It's a mess. They made so, that uh, def that def fluid, which is you know urine for lack of better words. The Obama diesels and they're horrible. The late model trucks that have that def system is terrible. So. That's right. All right, we'll be right back. Final segment on the last day of the year. Stand by. And welcome back. Final segment, uh, Patriot Radio News Hour. Eric, I just saw an interesting statistic. The uh, average funeral cost $15,000. The average DWI cost $10,000. The average Uber ride cost 40 bucks. So make good choices tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't drink and drive. New Year's Eve. Come home safe. Now, Lyft apparently is giving free rides to people that are saying they're going to anti-gun rallies. So if you want to get over on Lyft tonight, just give them your address and tell them there's an anti-gun rally at your house and you'll get home free. <laughs> that's that's a good, you know, give it right back to them. Hey, Eric, in 1852, the richest year of the gold rush this day in history ends with 81.3 million in gold produced. What would that be in? Uh, 2019 dollars it's going to be a ton i can guarantee you that that that's a uh, man yeah that was done three million yeah that was done by the 49ers right so that's right that's right yep. and yep. and it's amazing how quick california became a state <laughs> i mean we fast-tracked that one because uh we wanted we wanted the uh the the natural resources there no doubt about that uh and here's another here's another issue in 1965 in california becomes the largest state in population although i just read an article where they are losing a an elect an elector for the uh electoral college because their population's draining and guess where are all those people going eric yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Well, you know, I maybe you've got manifest destiny in reverse. Go east, young man. You know, they're getting out of there. So, <laughs> yeah, the problem is they're screwing up every place they go to. They're taking their idiotic liberal ideas with them and messing up nice states like Colorado and Texas and Arizona and everything else. I mean, they need to just check their ideology at the door, or at the border, state border, and, and just come in and act like like normal people instead of these whack out people out in California. It's no wonder people are leaving, but just leave all that failed policy back there. You know, we, we talked about pensions, CalPERS. That is an example of how not to run a pension system. Absolutely ridiculous. But you know, the, the, the uh, politicians promise these unions, everything under and plus the kitchen sink just to get their votes. And then when they can't come through on it, you know, it's, it's, it's too late. Look at Chicago, same thing. So Eric, go ahead. You know what? I'm glad to be sitting in here with you, and uh, you've done a great job. I don't know where Joe is. Joe's somewhere in the in the hemisphere, so I don't know uh, what the schedule is. Nobody tells me anything, but I think I'll be back on uh, Patriot Radio News Hour on Thursday. I think so. If we're open, are we? Are you doing the show, or do you know? No, I'm actually back to work on Thursday. I've got uh, kids for two days. Who who came up with that schedule? Do you really think I'm going to get anything done Thursday and Friday with kids coming back off Christmas break? There's just, it's insanity. So hopefully, I'll be able to walk out of there on Friday with my head still attached. Because remember, we're doing fake news Friday on uh, that, on Friday. So that's right. I'm up. I'm up again. You guys are going to insult me now. If you people listening in Arizona, you're listening where you go to 1360khnc.com. You can monitor. Monitor Glenn, um, and they're on uh, Friday. They do Fake News Friday. I think it's at uh, 3 o'clock. Uh, and plus, you can hear all other programming. I'm going to be on and off um, as much as I can here uh, on the network, and uh, we're going to build this thing together. It's, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. So, 
Toulouse. It's going to be going to be great. In nineteen, here's another one. Nineteen thirty, brewery heir Adolphus Bush is kidnapped. Now I, I don't remember much about that. Everybody knows about the Lindbergh kidnapping. Do you know anything about Adolphus Bush being kidnapped in nineteen thirty? Yeah, they wanted an eighteen pack and a flat screen TV for him. <laughs> oh, they they probably got it. So uh, awesome. Well, Eric, have a very happy new year. I'll talk to you next year. And ladies and gentlemen, at home, happy new year. Awesome.